recently heard that a test of true intelligence and comprehension is when you can explain a complex idea to a five-year-old and they understand what you're talking about. And ever since I heard that, it's made me feel very insecure because I am somebody who has a lot of opinions, but I feel like if I had to explain them to a five-year-old, I probably would not do a great job. And so last night I was sitting on the couch and I was reading this book, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And in this book, they go over this incredibly abstract concept of quality and what quality is in relation to subjective and objective reality. And the entire time I was reading it, I was trying to basically repackage the ideas that were presented to me in the simplest form with the goal of being able to eventually explain this like, or to a five-year-old. I'm nowhere close just yet, but I've noticed that that sort of, um, that concept has sort of uh, infected everything I read and everything I learn. And so I thought, what better way to get better at explaining things to five-year-olds than by starting a podcast around explaining complex topics as simply as possible. And I thought it would be really boring to do it by myself. And so I invited my wife, Lisa, who many of you guys know, to do it with me. And how it's going to work is for the first episode, we are going to be tackling Einstein's theory of relativity. And we are going to figure out what it is and then we are going to take turns explaining it as simply as we possibly can after we have reached some level of comprehension. Uh, and we are going to take turns explaining it as simply as we can with the hopes of then confirming our hypothesis with a five-year-old. So without further ado, say hi to my wife, Lisa. Hello. So this is really exciting because me and Lisa have wanted to start a podcast for seven years that we have been dating and we've never gotten around to it. And I guess the best way to start is, Lisa, what is your understanding of relativity? I have no understanding of relativity as none, it stands. None right. whatsoever? No. If you had to try to explain relativity based off of snippets that you've come across in your lifetime how would you even begin just take the word relativity what does I that mean to possibly you possibly remember i recall reading about the theory of relativity but i could not explain what it is okay so we have a lot of ground to cover and i don't think i really know what relativity is i think i have an idea but it also could not be relativity and be something completely oh. separate oh okay. is it <laughs> is it when one piece of matter is moving somewhere else and then it affects the other piece of matter somewhere else? <laughs> um, I Maybe. I don't... It could be. It, I don't know. Uh, immediately, that sounds like string theory. Oh, yeah. Which okay. we could do another time. My... See, that proves my point. I, I, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think some important background is Lisa and I are not qualified in the least sense to do this. We are both high school graduates um, with no sort of 
classical degree or time studying much of anything, but we are curious and we want to know more. And so we're going to do it. And so with that being said, my ignorant understanding of relativity, and this could be something entirely different, but relativity explains how objects have their own field or center of gravity. Like it's like a big blanket and you put a, a marble or a bowling ball in the middle of the blanket and then the blanket shows shows how, you know, if you throw a marble in the blanket around the bowling ball, <laughs> it'll circle around the bowling ball and eventually touch the bowling ball. I think that might no. be it. <laughs> no, maybe no. not. That could be wrong. Um, so that being said, that is our understanding of Einstein's theory of relativity. And if we had to explain it to a five-year-old right now, we would not be able to. Lisa would have nothing to say, and I would pull out an abstract metaphor about I just bowling start balls. Juggling in front of them. There you go. She she is the daughter of a clown after all. <laughs> so that's what one does. Okay. So how this works when we know nothing about the subject matter is we go do what any smart person should do. I find not enough people in the world actually do do this when they person. don't. Or you think a, a, a dumb person should do this. No, like smart or dumb people. Smart, smart or dumb people should have this habit, yes. which is? Which is researching what they want to learn. Okay. Well, that's interesting, right? So a smart person should have the instinct to, to, to Google something. They should double confirm. Right. Should... So we are saying dumb people are equally as expected to Google something. Yes. Interesting. So there's there's no crowd in your head that is exempt from the instinct to no. Google something. <laughs> everybody, <laughs> everybody should be Googling things they don't know, but I find most people do not. Um, perhaps, maybe. We'll find out. I think Google's an underutilized resources. I, I think we only use it for like shopping and then like finding restaurants. But if you don't know something, I feel like it's not a common instinct to just immediately Google it. We just like put it off for a far but day. But you see people's Google searches when they take a screenshot and they post it on their Instagram story and it's a bunch of random questions about random things. I feel like everyone has a very interesting Google search, even if it's not about the theory of relativity. Have you seen a lot of people do this? No. <laughs> You saw you saw no, mine people, <laughs> about an no, hour ago. No, people post screenshots. People. It's a meme. You know? It's a meme. You've seen the meme. Yeah. We also exist in an echo chamber, though. So we are probably around people that have a decent instinct to Google things, but maybe not a lot of people do. That's true. So if you go to a different echo chamber, are people posting Instagram stories of stuff they're Googling? No. Maybe not. All right. Anyway, so moving on. We're going to do what any person should do in this case and start with Google. And we are going to Google simply what is the theory of relativity? Standby. Oh, no. Are we using Wikipedia as our resource or as, as our source of truth? Yeah, I, I, guess we, I guess we should because it's probably the most consistent and we can rely on it. Okay, so Einstein's theory of relativity the theory of relativity usually encompasses two interrelated physics. All right, let's hold on. Okay, so there, now we are quickly learning there are two different 
theories of relativity, special relativity and general relativity, and this episode just got infinitely more complicated. Uh, okay, well, what's like the, the popular, the popular theory of relativity? What's the the theory the, of relativity? What's the buzzy theory of relativity? Maybe general relativity, right? Yeah. Okay. General relativity, also known as the general theory of relativity and Einstein's theory of gravity, is the geometric theory of gravitation published by Albert Einstein in 1915 and is the current description of gravitation in modern physics. General relativity generalizes special relativity and refines Newton laws of universal gravitation, providing a unified description of gravity as a geometric property of space and time or four-dimensional space-time. In particular, the curvature of space-time is directly related to the energy and momentum of whatever matter and radiation are present. The relation is specified by the Einstein field equations, a system of second-order partial differential equations. All right. You're losing me. What do you try to explain to a five-year-old? Go, take it away. I think we need a simpler definition. We need a simpler definition. Yeah. Um, I think you lost me a couple of sentences ago. Okay, I'm gonna ask AI at math equations. I'm gonna ask AI if anybody does not use pi pi dot AI. I really highly recommend it. Um, So I'm gonna say, what is the theory? of general relativity. And we're gonna see what ChatGPT gives back to me. Okay, he says, ah, this is a fun one. Einstein's theory of general relativity is basically a framework for understanding how gravity works in the universe. It posits that gravity isn't a force, but rather a consequence of the curvature of space-time caused by the presence of mass. Basically, massive objects cause a dent in the fabric of space-time and that dent affects the motion of other objects around it. Does that make sense so far? That makes a lot more sense than your previous definition. That's Wikipedia, that's the people's, the people's encyclopedia. Um, okay, so I actually wasn't too far off. Not that, not that, it's, a, <laughs> not that it's a contest, but I did, I did pretty good. Not really, though. No? No, because you, I remember you talking about bowling ball and some clothes put all around it. Yeah, I'm using language a five-year-old could understand. Oh, so you bowling were already balls. explaining it to a five-year-old. Or you were explaining it to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So now with that understanding, what is the theory, what is Einstein's theory of relativity? Am I explaining it? to you as a Well, just try to explain it to me as a person. Okay. And then we'll, we'll get there. Um, as I understand it, within the fabric of space-time, there are very dense and heavy objects that essentially put a dent in that fabric of space-time. And they're very heavy. And so they curve time, or not time, Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Space time. Maybe. Um, what? Yeah. They curve what, what, whatever field they're in, and that weight creates gravity. Okay. And that's why everything falls. <laughs> <laughs> that's why everything 
That's why everything falls. I think that's I think that's it. What are we what are we missing? Well, how does how does it work? So, okay. So if I were to start explaining this to a five-year-old, I would say, hey, the universe you can think of as a big as a blanket. As a big baseball field. As a big baseball field. <laughs> uh, no, go ahead. Continue. <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 no. Go go, please. You, you're you trying to explain it to a five-year-old. Go for it. Well, yeah. I think that a five-year-old would want to think about something really big. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even the ocean. The ocean might be a better explanation because when you look at the ocean, it's infinite, it's big. Mm -hmm. And when you put something through the ocean, it moves. Well, it sinks. It sinks, yeah. But I'm saying that it, it changes the way, like if you put a bowling ball with your hands into the water, it moves the you're water. Gonna, you're going to drown. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to drown. You will drown. Right. But theoretically, if you were hovering over the ocean, holding a bowling ball over it and gently plopping it into the water, it will move the water around you. Is, is that your final definition for a five-year-old? Um, gently hovering <laughs> above the surface of the ocean while gently plopping a bowling ball in so much so it doesn't sink. But it does something. It has but gravity. It moves whatever is happening around, which is the water. It pushes the water out of the way. It pushes the water, the way. Water, the water out of the way. Is... But then it, if you drop it, it goes down. So that is <laughs> gravity right there. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I, I see what you're getting at. But I think the property that, so that's more, I think that's more explaining how gravity works, but not necessarily the theory of relativity that explains the fabric of space. Yeah. So I think what the ocean is missing is um, elasticity. The mm -hmm. ocean is too, like you, too much stuff just sinks in it. Yeah. I guess like he's not. What am I talking a about? A trampoline. A trampoline could be good. Yeah, a trampoline could be good. A very elastic trampoline. Well, well, maybe not a trampoline because a trampoline has too much resistance. You'd have to put something really heavy on a trampoline for it well, not to bounce. Well, that's I'm saying, a very elastic trampoline. How about a Tempur-Pedic mattress? Hmm. Yeah. A soft memory foam. I think that's foam. good, yeah. Okay. So you'd go, hey, kid. Hey, <laughs> kid. <laughs> hey, little guy. Um... So the universe, do you think I know what a universe is at five? No. Fuck. I don't think you have to explain the universe. You, you know, just you let to, him stumble into it. You have to explain that we are a floating rock in this thing called space. And then you ask him, does he know what space is? And then you can explain to him. Okay, he so, know. hey, kid, do you know what space is? You're the kid. No, I don't. Okay. Space. Do know how to speak? How do you explain space to a five-year-old? That's a whole other episode. It is, yeah. How do you we explain should, space? We should table okay, we're going to get back to that, and we're going to pretend. In this case, our five-year-old... Does know what space is. Yes. He loves Carl Sagan, and he is a little and astronomer. And, and all of the all of the people. And I'm going to say, hey, kid, so... <laughs> wait wait no i feel like i got this hey kid 
Um, so the universe is like one big Tempur-Pedic mattress. Maybe he doesn't know what a Tempur-Pedic <laughs> mattress is. Okay. Memory foam mattress, the ones that are really, really soft at the hotels, oh. if you've been to one. They don't have memory foam in hotels. Yes, we do. Really? Yes. I always get springy boxy things. Except for the standard. The standard has foamy, foamy, foamy beds. That's good enough. Okay. Hey, little guy. You know what mommy and daddy sleep on? Yeah, that's a mattress. You know how it's super squishy? That's the memory foam. So the universe is like a big, giant memory foam mattress that goes off in every direction possible. The biggest one you could possibly imagine. It's a never-ending bed of memory foam. And the theory of relativity <laughs> is like if you take a bowling ball, I really love this bowling ball. <laughs> it's my best. If you put a bowling ball in the middle of the mattress, it compresses the mattress, or no, compresses is not. It makes a dent in the mattress and then if you were to throw a marble in it, that marble would fall towards the bowling ball because it's weighing the mattress down. <laughs> it's weighing the mattress. It's weighing the mattress down a little bit. And All right, what if the five-year-old is a ball buster? What if he's like, how did anyone come up with that? What do you say? What do you say? How do they know? I don't fuck it. How did? How do you explain that? Well, is that a different thing? How do? That's like well, how did? Those are all he... mathematical equations. Perhaps I don't know. I don't know. Physics. I don't know how he came up with these theories. Um, oh, are these? <sighs> Never mind. The development of general relativity began with the equivalence principle, which under the states of accelerated motion and being at rest in a gravitational field are identical. Oh, I just I just remembered what I was going to say. Is this part of the laws of physics where no matter what, like this has been absolutely like this is, well, I know that the theory of relativity is true. But does it fall into the laws of physics where no matter what, if there is a big object in space, I'm talking out of my ass, but let's say there's a big object in space, it absolutely curves this and that. Or is that what we're basically talking about? That is what the theory of relativity is. That's what he proved. Well, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I don't know if this is like a, a um, uh, well, maybe, maybe, may, well, theories, right? Are theories true? Theories are still theories. Mm -hmm. Technically, like we know very, I don't think there's not a lot of things that are empirically Wait, let's true. Ask Google. Is the theory of relativity true? Oh, yeah. It is. It's true. The predictions of special relativity have been confirmed in numerous tests since Einstein published his paper in 1905. I don't think we would be sitting here talking about theory of relativity if it hasn't been confirmed. But what is then it? Then any, any 
regular Joe Schmo could just bring something up like this. So it is, imp- is it important for us to know how he proved the hypothesis? Because then what if you're, because like a, a good five-year-old is going to ask, well, how do we know that? You're right. I just found a really interesting article. Okay. Einstein's greatest theory just passed its most rigorous test yet. This was posted in 2022 in September. What does it say? It says, scientists have demonstrated that Einstein's theory of general relativity is correct to a remarkable degree of accuracy, despite having been around for more than a century. The team behind the research wanted to test a component of Einstein's theory of general relativity called the weak equivalence principle, which states that all objects, regardless of their mass or composition, should free fall the same way in a particular gravitational field when interference from factors like air pressure is eliminated. To do so, the scientists measured the acceleration of free-falling objects in a French satellite called Microscope, which launched in 2016. And it's a long article. Wait, what does that mean? Um, Okay, let's see. Um, One of the most famous tests of the weak equivalence principle occurred during an Apollo 15 moonwalk when astronaut David Scott dropped a feather and a geological hammer at the same time. Without air resistance, both objects accelerated toward the moon's surface at the same rate. In similar style, microscope carries free-falling test masses made of platinum and titanium alloys. Electrostatic forces keep the test masses in the same relative positions to each other, so any difference generated in this applied electrostatic force would have to be the result of deviations in the object's accelerations. Are you understanding? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Are they saying, so without... In, in a uh... okay 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 so this is this is um, it's getting to the main point the team's results which are the culmination of 20 years of research reveal that acceleration in pairs of objects in free fall differed by no more than one part in um or one part is zero point zero 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 a million zeros one meaning they found no violations in the weak equivalence principle larger than that. So how I am understanding it is they dropped two objects that weigh completely differently. In this case, they took titanium and then they took platinum. Platinum is the heaviest metal and titanium is the... (laughs) I'm not well versed in my metals. And they dropped it at the same time, and the two objects fell at the exact same time. Okay. What does that have to do with relativity? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. I mean, they proved something. They proved that... that, uh... Okay, all right. So, all right, well, let's try to... So, true comprehension... I think is I'm more confused now. Being able to apply our understanding of relativity. So relativity is gravity is not a force. Gravity only exists when the fabric of space-time is being impressed upon by an object with mass. The larger the object, or no, the denser the object, the more impactful the gravity, the weight of gravity is. 
right? That's that's relativity. So it's saying that the fabric of space-time is not, it's not air, right? It's not the ocean. It's a fabric that bends. Mm -hmm. And I guess that fabric is made up of mostly dark matter, perhaps, something like that. And so it's saying that the fabric bends and gravity is created when that fabric bends. And as things get closer to the object that is bending the fabric, then things start falling towards it. That's a little bit confusing to me, though. It's very confusing. Because I thought gravity could only exist within... All right, I'm going to sound really stupid right now. But within an atmosphere? Because why aren't planets falling? They're very heavy. They're just hovering through this dark matter. So... <laughs> So, this is where the confusion is stemming from. All right, well... But we feel gravity, and when you, th when you think about gravity and when people talk about gravity, it's usually in relation to something falling within a planetary object that has an atmosphere and has a core at the center, right. and that's what pulls it in. Right. So, things falling on Earth are a consequence of the center of our Earth being so dense that it is pulling things towards it because that is like the pressurized point in the fabric, mm -hmm. right? So things are falling towards the center of the fabric or the, the dent of the object in the fabric. So when you drop something on earth, it's not falling up or down, it's falling towards the core, towards the center of, uh, of the dense object. Okay. And so everything around it in space is getting sucked into an orbit is just that gravity having a larger pull. And so things get closer to it because they're essentially rolling down oh, the fabric of space-time. So that's the bowling ball on the Tempur-Pedic right. mattress. Right. Earth is the bowling ball in the Tempur-Pedic mattress. Okay. And the moon is rolling towards it very, very super duper slowly. Mm -hmm. And then the sun is the uh, the bigger bowling ball that is slowly like, imagine like a bowling ball just in the middle mm -hmm. of a Tempur-Pedic mattress and the earth is close enough to it to where it still makes a dent, but over time it's slowly drifting and rolling down into the bowling ball. Is that, um, is that what creates galaxy spirals? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, uh, I think that... Um, uh, and what is a black hole? Well, I don't exactly. think all galaxies like, are spirals. A black hole is the densest. The oh, it's the densest. Yeah. It's like the densest possible thing in the universe. Oh. I, th I think. We have to do a whole episode on black holes. Yeah. But the cool thing is having a better oh. understanding of relativity will make us more educated when we talk about black holes mm -hmm. and space. That's interesting. This should be a whole chapter. Space, space stuff. For five-year-olds. Space for five-year-olds. But uh, first, you have to make it space for 28-year-olds because we don't <laughs> seem to fully fully understand it. And then five-year-olds will confirm whether or not we understand what the fuck we're talking about. Maybe we're confusing five-year-olds. Maybe five-year-olds know what a black hole is, and that's all you have to explain. I don't even remember being five. I do a little bit. So the theory of relativity, again posits that 
space is a fabric. <laughs> That's either right or like a physicist is laughing yeah. at us. And they're like, "No, that's not it, you fucking dummies!" Well, but now you guys, it? yeah, I guess we, I guess we should do it. Um, so should I what ask? What is the best metaphor? No, 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 no. Just first off, we can't cheat, so we have to now ask: Is space a fabric? And if it's a fabric, how does it go in every direction, or does it go in direction? Does it only go left to right? I think you can go any direction in space. Which Egyptian, way's up? Which way's down? Egyptian count cotton. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Right. But then it's, if, if space is, how does a fabric work omnidirectionally? Does that make sense? Like what direction is the fabric being depressed in? Who created this fabric? Oh. I think Why? I actually know the answer, but that's for another podcast. Okay. We'll talk about it. Okay. So we also have to figure out about the space fabric stuff. Wait, let me just see. So space is a fabric. I'm asking the AI. Define space fabric. All right, Pi. Keep in mind, AIs can be inaccurate, but I trust Pi. He's a good guy. So he says, that's right. Einstein described space-time as a fabric. In fact, he often used the analogy of a trampoline to do... Whoa! <laughs> wow. You did it. Nice. You are closer to explaining it as a five-year-old than I am. That's amazing. Oh my, wait, wait, you are going to love this. Okay, what is it? Imagine a large trampoline with a bowling ball placed on it. <laughs> we understand that. <laughs> We're fucking dope. Okay. The, I feel so smart. The bowling ball creates a depression or dent in the trampoline fabric. If you were to place a marble. What? What? He's been listening to us. That's scary but maybe true <laughs> if you were to place a marble on the edge of the trampoline it would roll towards the bowling ball because the fabric is curved this is a simplified version of what gravity is doing to space-time does that analogy help okay cool so we understood that part but uh how is a fabric omnidirectional is that even the right word what are you trying what do you mean why i don't get it oh no <laughs> okay so I'm trying to say, so think of like a, a, a bed, right? Mm -hmm. It lays flat. It goes left to right and then front to back. But space is not just left to right and front to back. It's up and down. There's, and there's no everywhere. orientation. There's no up or down in space. Mm -hmm. So how does the, so which way is the bowling ball depressing? Is it depressing south, north? Oh, it just, it just sucks depress. everything. It sucks everything towards it from every direction. That's a black hole, oh. right? So it becomes the depression point. It's not pulling down anywhere in the fabric. It's pulling all the fabric towards in. it from into it, into yeah. its mass, which okay. is why everything falls mm -hmm. down because it's trying to go to the middle of the depression point. Okay, so Pi says, the fabric analogy isn't perfect, but let's unpack it a little bit. In physics, the fabric of space-time isn't a literal fabric, of fucking course, that exists in three-dimensional space. It's more of a mathematical concept. It's more helpful to think of space-time as a four-dimensional object with three spatial dimensions, length, width, and height, and one time dimension. The trampoline fabric can be bent and distorted in all four dimensions, just like space-time. Mm. 
Okay, so I think we understand relativity. Yeah. But now to prove it, to. you're gonna <laughs> you go first, and then I mean, well, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, we're just reiterating what we've already said. Right. So tell a five-year-old what the, the Einstein's theory of relativity states. Hello, little guy. <laughs> why is our why is our five-year-old <laughs> this cute little? Our, I just imagine like um, Dory from Finding Nemo with the jellyfish. Hello, little guy. <laughs> okay, we'll continue talking to it. Um, like that. So I'm just going to explain the theory of <laughs> why do I sound like Owen Wilson? Owen okay, Wilson. Okay, okay. Um, so you can understand space as this fabric. Right. Well, no, I'm 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 coming in from the wrong direction. So basically, I'm just going to explain the theory of relativity to you, and I hope you can get it. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. No, I feel nervous. <laughs> you have all the information. Just share it in its simplest form, so a small child could okay. be curious okay. about what you're okay. saying. You know a trampoline, right? Those really bouncy things that you jump on. Well, imagine taking a really big bowling ball and putting it into the center of the trampoline. What happens? It starts bending downwards. And then you take a little marble and you throw it onto the trampoline. And where does it go? Where does it go? You're the, you're the little guy. <laughs> oh, of me? Um, it goes towards the middle. Yeah, it goes towards the middle. Maybe. Do, do five-year-olds understand that? Yeah. Okay. And that's it, right? Well. Am I missing anything? Well, what? You just told me what happens if you put a bowling ball in the middle of a trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't tell me how it relates. Well, maybe I, I, maybe I don't know yet. Maybe that's maybe, what's confusing me. Yeah. Okay, maybe. Should I try? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, Einstein's theory of relativity states that the universe is like a big trampoline. <laughs> and that... Oh, fuck. Uh. No, the bowling ball is... Okay, okay, okay. I get what you're saying. The bowling ball is a mass of something existing within the universe. <laughs> so, Do you think, is he catching on? No, that felt, that last part felt a little abstract. Okay. When, you're, when your hands get all the way up here, <laughs> I feel like it means the metaphors out of the park. Okay, okay, okay. I think he gets it. No, well, hold on, we have to package it. So, okay, hey, kid, you want to know how gravity works? Gravity, that thing where things fall when you drop them? Well, it works like that because Einstein says and figured out that space is essentially like a big sheet of fabric or like a trampoline. And when you put things on the trampoline, those things basically uh, create dense in the trampoline what's dense dense is like a little uh little 
What the fuck is a dent? It's like, um, it's not a hole. It's a depression. What's a depression? Depression is a, uh, when, a when stuff gets pulled down. Oh, I feel like I described this better with the mattress. <gasps> Wait, I think I have another metaphor or another analogy. Okay, take it away. Okay, so the five-year-old would have to know, maybe I'm completely off the mark right now, but when you're trying to, um, when you're putting, so only only people who cook would understand this, but when you're making zucchini fritter, (laughs) (laughs) and you are, um, grating the zucchini and then you put it into a bag and then you squeeze all that <laughs> bag out or uh, all of that juice out. Yeah. That's a depression. That's when. <laughs> uh, all right. I think he alienated the kid at people who <laughs> cook will get this. Right. I don't know if many five-year-olds are cooking. Look, I'm still trying to understand it for myself. Okay. I think I got it this time. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait. Okay. Okay. So you kind of have to... Okay. Okay. Hey, so... Little guy. Hey, little guy. Do you want to know why things fall to the ground? You say... Yeah. Yes, you do. Of course you do. Well, that's because you can... That's because the the universe in space is like a big stretched out piece of fabric that goes on in every single direction and have you ever seen what happens when you put something on a piece of fabric yeah just can't work because you can't okay all right do you want to know why gravity works i know but i feel like i feel like that's trying to explain to him why is that hard for some reason in my head i'm like this kid's not gonna know what a fucking dent is like he's not gonna know that shit bends down on a on a on a on a bed he probably will. He probably Maybe will. I'm overthinking it. Or, okay, so I don't know what kids do nowadays, but when you were a kid, you would put a bunch of like balloons in your shirt and you'd see your shirt like bend down. You know what I'm talking about? Or a balloon with water. That's exactly what happens too. I think I, think I like how you started off your trampoline bowling ball one. Okay. Okay, so you start like this. You say, hey, kid, do you know what happens when you put, maybe even ask him, hey, kid, what happens when you put a bowling ball in the middle of a trampoline? The kid's going to be like, it goes down, it goes down, (laughs) right? And you're like, that's right, that's right. And what happens if you then put um, a marble? See, what I don't. I guess we, I'm glad we said our phrases before because pie just basically confirmed it. Maybe that's the best analogy. And so then he's like, hey kid, imagine you throw a marble into the trampoline and you know how it circles around the bowling ball before eventually going to sit next to it. And the kids would be like, yeah. And then if he doesn't, you can show him, right? As a little experiment. And then he's like, wow, that's fun. And then you just say, that is how Einstein's theory of relativity works. You can see the trampoline is the fabric of space. The universe is the trampoline. And that bowling ball kid, that's Earth. (gasps) And that marble 
That is things being pulled towards the earth because it, is, because it is heavy and it pulls other things towards it because everything has to slope towards it because it's denting the trampoline. And that's how gravity works. You inspired a future little physicist. I feel like that might work. I think that I have an idea though. Uh-huh. How about now we ask Pi to describe the theory relativity to a five-year-old and we see how we did compared to okay. AI and Can, see like how far off we are or are we actually understand? Because this was a self-discovery journey as well, right? This was, yeah. this was an exploration for the both of us. Yeah. I'm and wondering. So are we understanding what it is? I think we do. Okay. Like you and I are definitely standing up from this table with a much more comprehensive understanding of the theory of relativity than we did before. Like, I most certainly, yes. Yeah, okay, good. Um, and we probably could, especially if we had the materials, we could show a five-year-old how the theory of relativity works. Yeah, we and would we just could need, even draw it for them. Yeah, we could draw it. We could just put something on a couch and then throw something towards it. And they would be like, whoa. And then we'd be like, that is space. That's how gravity works. When you drop something, it goes towards the ground because it's actually getting pulled deeper into the trampoline. Well, my follow-up question is how does that prove gravity? Gravity to me is a completely separate thing. What's gravity to you? Gravity like doesn't necess- it doesn't exist in space. Well, space it- is a vacuum. There is no gravity out there. And what exactly what I said like a couple of minutes ago, like when a planet is hovering, like what we're all hurtling towards something, we're all being pulled by something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like orbit, that's gravity. Yeah. Or okay. let me ask Pi. Well, first real quick. Um Pi says in terms of explaining the theory of relativity to a five-year-old, he says, okay, let's try this. Imagine you have two clocks and you put one clock on the ground and you put the other clock on top of a very tall mountain. The clock at the top of the mountain is further away from the Earth's gravity than the clock on the ground. Because of this, the clock on the mountain actually moves a tiny bit faster than the clock on the ground. It might only be a tiny, tiny bit faster, but it's enough that the clock on the mountain would be... No, that's... A five-year-old would be so fucking tuned out, Pi. You failed. Okay, what was your question? What, what were we going to look up? Uh, oh, is, is um, planetary orbit mm-hmm. an example of gravity? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a perfect example. Okay. Planets orbiting the sun are a result of the curvature of space-time caused by the mass of the sun. Mm-hmm. You can think of the planets okay. as following the lowest point in the dent created by the sun. Just like the marble on the trampoline rolls towards the bowling ball, the planets roll around the sun because they're following the curve in space-time crested by the sun's gravity. Gravity right. isn't a force pulling the planets towards the sun. It's just the curvature of space-time that causes them to move. And that curvature is created by the mass of the object that is placed within it. And that is the theory of relativity. And that is how the theory of relativity works. Is that, I wonder what inspired Einstein to look into this? Probably a trampoline and a bowling ball, if I had to guess. Yeah, I think so. I think we did it. Yeah, I I think think so. I think that's episode one put away. 
I'm that still, was I'm still learning. 45 minutes. We spent 45 minutes trying to figure out how to explain something in three minutes to a five-year-old. But now we understand it. Uh-huh. And next up, we have to take notes of everything that we wanted to touch upon. Black holes. Space time. This is fun. Ocean. And then we just keep going. Okay. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to episode one of Explain It To Me Like I'm Five with Christian and Lisa Archer. We hope you guys enjoyed and I'm putting on my radio voice. We hope you guys enjoyed and submit any questions you guys want us to explore. (laughs) Very good. That's our outro music. (laughs) Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Thanks, y'all.